Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dad Cast. Vancouver Canucks, John. Yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? I understand you watched your first Canucks game in a fair long time. Yeah, well, this uh, past weekend. Long term listeners of the show will know that, you know, we were both Canucks fans a long time ago. I, you still are a Canucks fan, I believe. Um, but I sort of got burnt after yes. the whole, tooth, the, you know, Stanley Cup riots, all those things that happened so long ago now. And after that, I never really came back. And yeah, last night, we, as we mentioned as well, we had the projector, so we thought, hey, CBC was showing on the Canucks, and I was like, yeah, let's watch the Canucks game. Actually, it was my wife that put it on, and I wasn't even, wasn't me, but she put it on, and for the first period, I was like, wow, this is really great, I'm really enjoying this. I'm not necessarily big about what they've done with their uniforms, but, you know, and yeah, and then I watched, and I mean, you know, we... Us, those of us who were born in Vancouver, I think we have this sort of sixth sense where we know, even if we're not paying attention, what the Canucks are doing on a, like some level. So I knew that they'd gone five and nothing or zero and five for the beginning of the season. But I thought, you know, first home game, we can watch this and it'll be great. And and I have to say, the whole projector, the projector was great. I really enjoyed having hockey that big on my wall. But then, yeah, the rest mm-hmm. of it, no, no. So I'm not sure I'll do that again anytime soon. But, you yeah, know, it was it, it at <laughs> least showed me that I could be a hockey fan again. So that's that's a thing. Yeah, I, um, I watched the entire game, um, which may or may not have been a mistake. But uh, it's it's been a rough go to kick off the season. And you know things are bad when Baby Forrest is asking me, why are you watching the Canucks? They're not that good of a team, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I logged into the Twitters for a little while, too, to look at the old Canucks Twitter, and I thought that I didn't do it for very long because, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, yeah. you know. Canucks Twitter ain't like it once was no. back in our, uh, you know, OG Back days. in the good old it's, days, it's back in the early time. days of Twitter, yeah. A whole different place, yeah. But, uh, you know, whatever is, you know, going wrong with the Vancouver Canucks, whether it be their locker room or, or the ice, is pretty profound. Speaking of profound, Baby Force has uh, suddenly decided to ask profound questions. And I thought, you know, you being the sage, uh, you know, vet here who has had uh, probably many profound questions asked of you uh, could could su- provide some advice. And also, I mean, you gave me the, you know, finger guns, but that's a pretty cool segue, wasn't <laughs> that it? That was an excellent segue. Yeah, I had to give you the finger guns for that. Yeah. But um, a little backstory here. So uh, Baby Force is in kindergarten. I think our listeners know that that's the case. And uh, she got to go on her very first field trip uh, to the pumpkin patch. Halloween's coming up. And it was part of sort of the you know school curriculum. Uh, they actually did some science stuff with the pumpkins, which was pretty cool. Uh, she learned that a pumpkin floats if you put it into water and, and what have you. Uh, she also chose what has to be the smallest pumpkin ever um, as her pumpkin, which is interesting because I don't really recall my trip to the pumpkin patch at her age, but I'm pretty confident I aimed for the big ones. So... 
I was a Surrey kid. I think we got our pumpkins at Safeway or something. There was no pumpkin patches. That was not. Yeah, we didn't. I didn't know where pumpkins came from when I was little. It's just they appear. We're we're in we're in Surrey. That's true. Yes, but this was Surrey of forty years ago, so it's a little different now. Different, a little different. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, if there was any disappointment with this uh, field trip, was that she thought it would be the very first time that she'd be able to ride a school bus, and I think the only reason she enjoys school is there's potential. And she'll be able to ride a school bus at some point. Um, This field trip, though, was a a parent-driven, parent-supported a field trip. And so uh, she actually got to ride with one of her her new friends from from kindergarten. And and, uh, her mom drove. And uh, her mom sent uh, my wife and I a a text message, uh, you know, letting us know how kind our daughter is and um, how polite she is and and said that, you know, I think my daughter needs to hang out with baby force, uh, you know, a little bit more to pick up some of these good habits. And I mean, that's kind of nice to hear. I'm always worried that, you know, my daughter will make life a little bit difficult when she is a guest. You know, I want her to to be polite and and the like. And so uh, I responded, you know, thanks for the kind words. Um, my wife said, you know, thank you too. And then she followed it up and she's like, you know, I want to get, let you know this. Um, but it seemed to be too short of a, a car ride uh, to get into the whole topic of evolution, creationism, what have you. Um, but your, your daughter, um, she, she went and asked the, a question about how, where did people come from? Because if there were no people on the planet to make people, how did the people come to be? And, and so my wife and I are like, well, thanks for letting us know. But between the two of us, we're like, one, what triggered this question? First of all, like this is, this isn't a question that we have ignored or shied away from. And we're pretty good. Like she asks us questions. We do try to provide her a straight answer. Um, there are some questions that we maybe don't get too detailed. Right. Um, when I say a straight answer, it's sort of short, sweet, succinct. Um, but uh, at no point in time has she ever asked uh, which came first. Um, and, you know, that was just something that we found. Well, not weird, but interesting that it wasn't us. It was actually, you know, uh, so-and-so's mom who she met for the very first time on a ride to the pumpkin patch. Yeah, that's sort of the odd bit about it, isn't it? But I mean, their brains are always going and all the concepts are always there. So I, so yeah, I mean, like you said, just answer the question straight to the point. But I mean, there's certain ones you want to think about a little bit more before you just uh, throw out a random answer there because you never know how it's going to affect them. I've told the story of you know me throwing out random answers and coming back to bite me later on. So yeah, um, I it's funny though. I mean, I think just it's at that time frame that sort of age i think i even remember myself being five or six and suddenly asking my mom hey where do we come from and my mom Mm -hmm. decided to take us to church so we ended up we weren't a church going family but she took us to church for the better part of a year so i i I got that question that i never asked it again until later until i could read it in textbooks but uh, for you Mm -hmm. in your case i mean yeah it's just hit them it's always interesting to hear it back from another parent, but uh, it's yeah, there 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 is no filter. Their minds well, are just going, and the question comes out. And this is the thing is, she knows where where ba- babies come from. Essentially, sure. um, like she she understands that we've explained um, at a high level. You know the 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 process is to 
how it may occur. And, uh, she's been satisfied with that, but well, the cool thing, I, I think it's quite cool. She's now critically identifying. Okay. So one plus one equals two, but the problem is you need one and one, like you need this. And so how does this happen? Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, the parent had said, oh, you, you should probably talk to your, your, your mommy and daddy. They might uh, be able to tell you. They might know. It's like, well, actually, I don't. I don't know how to address the 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 whole, like, where did this occur? Um, she hasn't brought it up again, which is good because it's giving my wife and I an opportunity to figure out how we're going to present the topic of evolution to her in terms that will make sense. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. We don't, we don't want to answer with the the university thesis. No. And that's the thing. You have to talk to them at their age. I mean, if it's just the whole sex issue and all of that, then. Oh no, that, that part she's, she's, you know, she's kind of understands. Yeah, the, it's the, how did, where did the first like mommy and daddy. Right. Come so from? on the first subject though, there's a who, great book called what in? makes a baby by Corey Silverberg. And that, and that's a great way that, I mean, we use that to, to teach our kids. Also, there's levels up from that. So as they go through higher levels, then there's sort of the one that's appropriate to their age and again and again until they're teenagers. So that's a good way to explain all that. Um, but as for, yeah, as for anything else, it's just sort of, yeah, you have to sit down and think about, take sort of a united response on that. Because I know if I say one thing and my wife says another, it doesn't really work out. So it's sort of, you know, yeah. hey, we'll come back to this and talk about this later. Let's, and then mommy and I have to talk for a minute. And, and yeah, and you can, I mean, you can sort of try to avoid it and just let it go for a little bit and see what she brings it up next. But uh, yeah, it's usually better to just follow it up right away and uh, come forward with a united front that hopefully, hopefully has a pretty, I mean, and also there's always YouTube videos. So we're, we're very quick on a subject like that where it's like, I don't want, I, I'm not necessarily an expert to explain every little bit of it. So I'm sure somebody on YouTube has put together a video on this for kids. So, you know, like look up evolution for kids and Pre-screen them first. I will always guarantee that. Don't just put it up. What are you talking about? The internet? Yeah, safe. especially YouTube. And if it says for kids, you know, it's got to be safe and got to be correct and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean. The algorithm misses nothing. Uh, yeah, and I'd say it ends, but it really doesn't. I mean, we did a road trip. We've done several road trips over the last few weeks, but uh, we drove to Seattle and back a couple weeks ago. And on our road trip, we had discussions about civil disobedience. We had laws regarding body and abortion, legal precedent, technology laws, voting systems, supply and demand, the economy, buy for life, cookie businesses, ethical manuf manufacturing, privilege, internet privacy, device privacy, selling of information, B Corps, levels of government, laws and judges. And I mean, this is over like a 10, 12 hour drive. So these are all conversations I, I had with my 10 and my eight year old. Like I, I don't understand where cookie businesses uh, fit in. Well, you know, you get anything. Like I say, they go all over the place. So suddenly it'll be you'll be talking about abortion, and then suddenly it'll be oh, cookie businesses, and it's like okay, sure, let's go with that too. Mm -hmm. it, it it, I guess I, I'll say I'm thankful we're not at that stage yet because I don't know if I'm intelligent enough to provide intelligent answers in, in the moment. Um, it would quite literally be, I'm not entirely sure. Why don't we go learn about this together? Or <laughs> because that that's ultimately what we would, would have to do. But it, it is interesting how, you know, I, and I've, we, I've talked about this before, and this is something you already know how 
attentive they are to what's going around um, uh, in their in their world. So uh, Baby Force got her uh, flu vaccination this weekend. Um, she's not a big fan of, of needles. Um, I get that. I must admit, when I was her age, not a fan. This age, eh, it's, it's a necessity of life that I have to go through. But what's interesting is she's like, okay, I don't really want to do this, but I know I have to because it's what keeps me healthy. But then identifies that there are some people who don't, and they really should. And when you were to ask her, well, why do you think that? Well, it's important that that people care about each other and keep each other safe. And it's like, okay, I, I like I like what you're thinking. I really do. I mean that that aligns with sort of how my wife and I might feel. But then there's there's this sort of small part of me that's like, well, are you saying that because that's what you've probably heard mommy or daddy maybe comment? Like, I, I want her to come to that belief herself when she is older. I mean, when she's younger, great. But like, it's the how do you get the critical thought piece, which at the same time, please, you know, as a listener, don't think I'm trying to say that there's two sides to the science or two sides to the facts here. There's not. I just want her to be able to understand the critical thought process. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think, yeah, we've been pretty, we've been pretty open with the fact that we're both vaccinated or both very pro-vax. So, I mean, I don't think that's a big shock to any of our listeners, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting in that, like, for my daughter, when she went for her COVID vaccine for the first one, she was fine up until when she saw her brother get the needle. And then she started freaked out. And when she had it herself, like, when she got her needle, it wasn't that bad. It was more that she saw her brother, and that sort of got her crying and quite upset about Did it. Did he react at he all? He didn't or? react, really, because he was, like, out a little bit because it didn't hurt that much. But once she saw it go into his arm, and so for the second time, we made sure she was looking in the other direction and not looking at his arm, and that worked fine. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know. The, um, yeah, the whole, I mean, needles and, and baby force aren't good, but it's also, like, her her mother, not so not so keen. Yeah, and that's um, that's also the thing, right? You have to even if you're not keen, you have to put on the keen face and be like, "Yeah, this is great." Well, it's it's funny like my wife does, but like she I I don't think she realizes that when it comes to the two of us, baby force pays really close attention to what mama's up to, what mama's doing, <clears throat> facial expressions, what have you. And I've tried to explain like there are like, you might not realize this, but when you do like this, like you get your needle and you sort of like wince or you grimace or you turn your head and she's there, she witnessed all of that. And that's like that got processed. And unfortunately I'm like, I think she reads into it. I mean, it's silly things like, um, baby force won't eat any foods. My wife doesn't like, and it's interesting because we don't, we don't make a big deal about food. In fact, she used to be a really good eater. She used to eat more than what my wife and I would ever consider eating. And then suddenly she reached this stage where it's like, no, but now she won't touch things that I think she would like. Um, she won't even try it or she's already predisposed to the, I don't like it. And I'm like, I guarantee you it's because you have reacted in some way and she's observed it. And that's now, sort of been reinforced and not the end of the world. It's not like my wife doesn't eat anything, but yeah. So, I mean, I think that the most important thing first off is to, as you said, you know, 
you two are the most important people in her life and everything she gets and everything she sees and every opinion she forms right now are something that she learned from you. And that could be good. That can be vaccinations or it could be bad. I mean, you, you could grandpa could have said something racist or, or something might happen. And all of these things go into them. So the most important thing is, yes, they hear it, but you have to sort of try to instill in them sort of that whole critical thoughts and the fact that eventually they will challenge some of the thoughts, even if they are completely right and they can do their own research and come into the thought and find out if they feel that it's right or wrong. And I mean, that's not at a five-year-old's level, but by the time they're nine, 10, hitting teens, I mean, yeah, they'll be, she'll be, re- I mean, teen force will be rebelling on you at every single time. Baby so, force. Baby teen force. She's, she's teen baby force. Teen, no. Yeah. Just baby force. No, it's it's baby force for. <laughs> yeah, we've had that conversation. Like Never mind. Married, true. When she gets married, it'll be baby force and whoever her partner happens to be. Like it's and then it's already been defi- if, defined. If she decides to have children down the line, that would be baby baby force, or would you just go like well, I, baby force no, squared? I, no, I, I, see, this is where it then becomes a conundrum. What I call them like grandkid force because if there's <laughs> multiple grandkids, or like you know like. I'm going to re- run into a problem with numbers. Like I already have two nephews and I refer to both of them as nephew. Force. Well, there you go. Um, so, I mean, it's, I don't differentiate online, but there are two and I've referred to both of them on social media. I mean, it's force. good to have force, I guess, but you might want to, you, you know, bring your easier force back as the years progress. Eh, eh, <laughs> I don't know. I've worked real hard to be like that's here, true. Know? Yeah, you are known from coast to coast. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah, it's it's just an interesting sort of stage, and I don't know if it was like been kicked off with with kindergarten schooling or what have you. Like, she's very studious. Um, uh, they go to so the kids go to the library every Wednesday. Baby Force brings back a book. So the first book, it was like Fancy Nancy, um, like nice little storybook to read sort of at bedtime and that. Um, then the following week was like, we're going on a bear hunt, which I am so sorry. I love. I just, I was like singing along to it. It's like my childhood all over. Uh, this past week, she brought home everything you need to know about whales. Nice. Which is a phenomenal book. Not the best bedtime book. Like it's not designed no, for no. bedtime story. Um, Baby Force says it is. Um, and I, you know what, I'm all for, if this is, if this is how she wants to sort of fall asleep is by having little factoids read to her over the course of the evening, um, in a book that's like 20 some odd pages long. Um, that's cool, but it's, so you should test that. You should like wait for her to fall asleep and then just do the same factoid every night. And so she never actually hears the factoid conscious, but when she's asleep, you say that same factoid every night and see if she'll pick it up. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a neat book. Like I'm, I learned some stuff about whales in this book, but uh, but apparently, that I mean it was her choice. She she gets to choose. Like they put all the books that are sort of their age yeah. sort of out, and that's what she chose. But uh, the feedback was that all the others were really, you know, they're choosing like the typical sort of story stuff and all that. And and uh, Baby Force was like, no, no, this one, I want this one. This is a good one. So good for. So her. back back to your original point though. The world problems. Fair enough. So she needs to start now. Back to your original question and back to the original subject. I'm just curious because it's not something I've experienced per se, but uh, you know, if she has questions like this and you don't answer them right away, then she's going to probably ask other kids at school and you're going to get all sorts of uh, 
answer. So well, have you had we, that happen we, yet? Yeah, we have actually. Um, and we've had a conversation. So we had a conversation about uh, religion because uh, we are not a, a religious family. We don't go to church. Um, and uh, a child, uh, I don't know if it was in her class, but it was on the playground, had, had said, oh, if you don't go to church, then you don't get to go to heaven. And so we had a conversation about faith and um, why faith faith is important, but in the context of everyone has their own faith, and that's what you have to, you know, you choose to, to believe in. And, it, you know, there's like no one gets to define that for you. And she, she accepted that. And then we also stressed that it was not for her to go and tell someone else what they should or should not believe. Yeah. Um, cause I, the, my daughter would totally go back to her or the, and I actually don't know if it was her, I'm making a presumption here. I'll go back to this child and say, you know, the church is wrong and there is no heaven or help, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh no, no. My, like, this is my biggest worry. My daughter will be the one who ruins Santa Claus for all the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening. Right. And I, 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 I genuinely worry that, because to her, it's a matter of fact, and it's important. Like it, her process is very sound. It's a matter of fact. It's important not to lie. You must tell the truth, um, right? Like, but I'm hoping that she'll have come to that when that does maybe cross her mind. We'll have reached this point where we don't have to tell everything to everyone all the time. We can sort of pick and choose. And I. I think it's pretty common for that age, though. I mean, think around the Santa Claus time. It's sort of, yeah, most, like, we had a sibling. A, we never played up Santa Claus. That was never really a thing. We sort of, we always said, you know, mommy and daddy bring presents. And any Santa Claus bits sort of came in through mass media and the neighbor on the street and everybody mm-hmm. else. But, uh, so, yeah. And for, for us, I mean, that one in particular was a really big relief when they finally called us on it because... I kept getting away with it. I thought, I thought like this year it'll be the year that it happens, and it didn't happen. And the next year, I thought, oh, this year they're going to call me out. It's not going to, and that didn't happen. I think it was last year or the year before they finally called me out, and I was like, yeah, okay, you're right, yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah, I think we we I want to say we talked about the Santa Claus subject probably like many times, but uh, I know for me growing up, I understood that he wasn't real. But my thought process was, why would I go and let on that this is the case? Because Santa puts a present under the tree for me, and I don't want that to end. Exactly. You know, there's something right? like there. I was like, what's in it for me? I can I can play along. I'm good. Like, I, th- I want to say it was my brother, younger brother, younger sister, who finally sort of, you know, broke the ice. And then it's like, yeah, I know this. I've known this for a while. And then, then I fessed up. I'm like, the reason I didn't say anything is that Santa was leaving me a gift under the tree. So Why? In what world would I want to stop this? Yeah, absolutely. But again, I hadn't thought through that. Like the gift would have probably still been provided. It simply would have been mom and dad. That's where you get the simple answers and you don't have to have those thoughts to keep on going. It's just like, oh, got the answer. Okay, I'm leaving now. That's good. Mm -hmm. Anyhow. Oh, yeah, no, I'm now you got me wondering uh, if, if, and if, and when we've, that does happen. Oh, well, whatever. That's another podcast. Episode. Yeah, I think I, I told you, but I, I got sniped on the tooth fairy because I got set up for that one. My, my son lost his tooth. And then he was very, very much, he, he made sure before he went to bed that he told me, he was like, oh, don't, you know, just make sure you put this under my pillow. And I was like, or, no, he's like, I'm going to put the p- tooth under my pillow. 
And so he did. And I walked in probably an hour later because I didn't want to forget. But I figured he was asleep. And he was like, I see you, Dad. It's like, oh, hey, bud. <laughs> just checking to make sure you, you're talking. Yeah, you know, I just reached under your pillow minutes. and grabbed his tooth. But, you know, it's all good. And here, have five bucks. Oh, wait. He caught you in yeah, the in act. Yeah, in the act. Yeah. Oh, man. You're so they get to that point where they're just too smart. Top, and it's like, yeah, top notch. totally. Uh, and the funny yeah, thing was I mean, I, I, he set up his room with like LED lights and everything too so the second it happened like the, the red lights started swirling and alarms went off and okay maybe that part was I made that part up but yeah I yeah, say, that would have been awesome that if that was awesome. the case uh, I, see I'm kind of if I was in your shoes would I have tried to lie about it yeah I got I got a text message from <laughs> Like, Show me the text. the text. I deleted. I deleted. You don't delete text data. That's like in a panic mode. <laughs> no, I mean we never we never lied to our kids, so that was no. Yeah. I, but it's the it's like how would I react and what would I do in the moment yeah. and would I would would my brain suddenly like you know play it up? Anyhow. Oh yeah, but yeah, kids kids can sure be profound. I can't wait for her to you know ask me the. Uh, answer to the meaning of life and everything i mean i don't know how i'll explain to her that it's 42 but <laughs> yeah i mean that's the answer no, sometimes 42 kind of sucks but anyways yeah i mean we had that where especially during that age we were on transit a lot and it was kind of hilarious because we'd be like on the sky train which is vancouver's subway system and um you know they'd be asking these questions to random little old ladies that they started talking to and and, you know, so you don't really want to have that. You want to make sure you're the one answering these questions because you never know what a random little old lady is going to say. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's fun because you never see what they're – you never expect what they're going to come up to you or when they hit you with it because it'll be completely like you think there's no possible way they're thinking about that one thing at that point in time. I mean, if you're like on the swings at the playground with friends and you're swinging them back and forth and then suddenly they ask you about – where do we come from or whatever else? It's uh, it's always on the left field. It seems like a certain point and, but their brains go so much faster than ours do and are so much newer and shinier than ours are. So yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I still want to know what triggered the question from her. Like I, 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 like, was it something that she was, had been thinking about and decided, I'm going to ask, was there something said that then ultimately had her start to process? Like, cause that's the thing is she, she does that. She'll hear something and then build upon that like you know think about it a little bit more as i it's kind of like and i think there's this is the part of me that's probably embedded in her i remember in like grade 10 my math teacher threw an equation up on the the board some algebraic equation and said you can't solve this and the reason why is there's two two unknown variables on either side of the equation um, and functionally some too much missing data. And so for whatever reason, him saying you can't solve this was like a challenge to me. And so I started to go and solve it. Like I, I didn't, but I was able to go and essentially in that five minutes – teach myself calculus without even knowing it and then provide him a proof that showed the answer had to be within this particular range. And the range was sufficiently small enough that in the context of like the use of whole numbers, which he had, he had gone and actually done through significant figures 
had like he'd done all these these things without realizing some kid in the second row was going to go off with it. I think my daughter's like that. Mm. Like I genuinely think that's probably what it might have been is some other something you know some harmless comment and I use that harmless loosely but like something like that that just had her start process. So, I mean, and that's a very important thing too. It's like, you know, she's going to ask these questions. She's going to think about these things regardless of whether you answer her or not, but you want to be in the position where you answer her and she trusts you and comes to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you give her a bullshit answer and she goes and finds out it's a bullshit, she's going to have that in her head and go like, you know, last time I asked dad about this, he gave me a crappy answer and I'm going to go find out from somewhere else. Yeah. So all of these questions, you know, and they keep coming up, you want to have, at least for now, until she naturally decides she doesn't want to ask you anymore. But for now, you want her asking you those questions so that you can give her the best information you can. Well, that's the, I guess that's what it comes down to. Um, she elected to ask this question of which we had no idea right. that she was ever interested yeah. in to someone, someone else. else. And so they, you screwed it up already, to buddy. Their credit, over. <laughs> let us know. Because, I mean, you know, to your point, that parent could have quite reasonably answered it. Maybe she would have introduced the topic of creationism. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's a, that's a entirely different conversation that we would then have to have, but what's not to suggest that the parent introduces creationism to our daughter doesn't tell us. Cause I mean, that, that happens. Yeah. And next thing, you know, somewhere down the road, I mean, if, if, if ultimately my daughter chooses to believe in creationism, that is her choice. I genuinely don't know how she would necessarily come to that position. But hey, if she does, who am I to tell her she can't? I was about to say she's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that goes over well. I'm not sure. No. Anyhow. Oh, like seriously, she's five. Why why is it that she's acting like she's fifteen? I know she's not. She's acting like she's five. But I want her to be my small little baby force forever. Oh, know? yeah. I, I know really well. And I mean, especially as they get older and older, I absolutely adore my children as they are. But I love those memories of them. And when they come up, you, know, you see these memories of just the two of them. And they're like one and three together. And that time was so special and so quick and so over. And yeah, so... Mm-hmm. I definitely get the whole wanting to hold on to as much as you can. But unfortunately, I mean, I told my kids for years to stop growing and they said they couldn't. And then I told them I'd stop eating them or eating them. Yeah. No, I stopped feeding them. I'm not <laughs> going to eat my kids. No. But they said if I stop yeah. feeding them, they die, which is accurate. So, you know, so they I, have answers to every question. I'm like, okay, fine. Just keep yeah. growing. Whatever. I'll feed you. It's all good. Yeah. No, we've, we've had a similar conversation here with baby force. Why are you growing up so fast? Cause I'm eating lots of food. Well, maybe we should stop giving you food. No, I need food to live. That's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, you got to continue growing. Yeah. It's not the first time she's going to prove you wrong. Yeah, exactly. Oh, anyhow, um, what nerdy stuff you've been up to lately? You know, I'm a little bit of a nerdy drought right now. I mean, uh, really? I sort of, you know, for video games, I've been, I went through like Mass Effect. I did the whole trilogy because I'd never played that before. And so uh, I went through all that. And then after I did that, I just didn't, there wasn't anything, th- I didn't have a next game. You know, you always have like a next game. And, uh, and this time I didn't. So I wanted to play something kind of light and funny, but 
uh, I really didn't have that set up in my queue and I didn't really know what I was going to do. I have God of War sitting in the background because there's another one that's like the sequel is coming out and I never played the original, so I should play mm-hmm. that. But I, it's a little too serious and I just want something goofy. So mostly I've been doing a little bit of completionism on uh, Lego games right now and just going around when I have my downtime. Collecting all the collecting pieces. Collecting all the pieces, which again, if you've played a Lego game, you, there's a lot of pieces out there. and you that's So yeah, I've just been flying around as, super, as Marvel heroes and collecting pieces and Telling myself eventually I'm probably going to go back and play some more Red Dead Redemption too, but I haven't got to that yet. So, yeah. I think, was it Art uh, Red Dead, uh, Dead Dead Redemption 2 that they're not updating multiplayer? The online one, yeah. But I never, from what I heard, I mean, I had friends that got into that and they're like, I, I pressed start and then I got shot in the head. And I pressed start and I got shot in the head again. And so it seemed like, especially in the early versions of the online, mm-hmm. there was just like snipers out there. If you started the game, they would shoot you and you'd fall down. And so I never actually tried that myself, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. What what have you been doing? Um, so I have been playing overwatch two, um, which launched a free to play version. Um, a few weeks back, they had some, some issues at launch and there are still some issues in the game, but, uh, I'm enjoying playing it. Uh, but I can't say I've played a lot. Um, but sort of, I don't know what, what, sort of kick this off, but I've in the last while been reminiscing about some of the old games that I, I remember playing and enjoying. And one of them, I thought I enjoyed playing uh, mule, which was M dot U L dot L dot E. So it's like weird old Atari style. Okay. Right? I think it's been different versions and it's finally like, I, I found an, uh, an emulated version online off of internet archive at some planet. And I'm like, this is, this is anything like I remember, but it got me wondering, like, is my memory of these like really old retro games that I enjoyed playing a good memory, not because the game itself was what I enjoyed, but maybe it was like the soundtrack. Cause like mule has this like sort of really distinct soundtrack. It's like almost like beatboxing with like the Atari, like was it three bit, audio processor or whatever but it was like you know it's like and then it's like like it's it's kind of catchy and the little characters are like bouncing across the screen to the beat i actually think that's what's generated this good memory um and it wasn't actually the gameplay and it started then getting me thinking like well it's like okay like ducktales i remember i love ducktales was it the soundtrack of DuckTales that I really like? Because, like, the game is, like, okay, but it's not, like, I don't know, all that, like, that memorable. Yeah, it's really interesting, yeah, especially, like, a lot of those old 8-bit games. It's, like, you know, that's totally the thing. I play, it, Was it just that you had access to this one game, and so that's why this game has this major place in your heart? Because, you know, we didn't have access to a whole lot of games. So when a new game came out or when I borrowed a game from a friend, that was the one we would play forever and ever and ever. And so it's not necessarily the game itself was good or that anything memorable. And especially now, because, I mean, a lot of games you look back and on the technology we now have, they're just not, they're not good or they're not. I mean, like, mm-hmm. even like we've tried, I've tried to play the first Super Mario Kart with uh, with my son. And my God, it, like, I remember in 
junior high school playing so much Mario Kart. We would play oh, every day. We would have competitions and we would and now just like watching it on the screen, it's hard on my eyes. I can't even I can't even look at it. It's so and so part of that could be, you know, we have fancy new TVs and we don't have the old CRT TV and maybe it actually looked better on the CRT TV. I don't know. But so many of these things are like just memories and you have this loving memory of it, but it's probably not for, yeah, it's, it's hard to say if, if they will hold up if you do it again. Well, okay. So in, in one, I have one issue. You're right. CRT to what we have with our modern TVs makes a big problem because when we take that older technology and try to put on the newer TVs that was never designed to be displayed on, what we're seeing is not actually what we should totally. see. It's very similar to how, like, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I was like, yeah, why is it that I, I recall that everything looks so much nicer when I saw it? Like, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, like all these, you know, these real futuristic shows. And it's like, well, no, the TV that you watch them on was what made it look very modern and futuristic. But now that we're watching it on a TV that doesn't have that sort of, you know, bevel to it and the design, what we're seeing is flat because they took advantage of this older technology that was in our homes that we don't have access to anymore. It's, it's almost, that's been the trade off. Now that said, we're getting far better resolution. So the clarity is there. Um, so that's part of the problem. I, I don't know how you fix that. Like, um, without a remake, like the golden eye is going to be remade. Um, if, if, uh, our listeners, ha- I can't imagine if you're nerdy, you have to know golden. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'm genuinely curious if the if what they're going to because in any type of remake, um, there's either a full remaster or a partial. I would have to understand that they'll do a partial to improve resolution because if they don't, it's it's gonna it's gonna hit all the wrong places. Because I mean, I remember playing it, it was like oh this is like it's like watching the movie. It is not. Um, we're like, do you remember Star Fox? Yes, yes, of course. Right, like Star Fox looked so phenomenal, but it had I the mean, extra pack you to put into the the system. It came with a yeah, but it, the thing about that though is the on an LCD right now or LED or OLED, it ain't gonna look. No, F Zero. That's another game I miss. Oh, I wonder what it looks like on a on one of the modern TVs. I could play it like an, I think Switch Retro has it. Should see what it looks like. That's where we got them from. So yeah, I mean, it's so yeah. It's sort of next time you see somebody put us put a CRT TV out to the side of the road, then you just gotta grab it and take it home. Well, last forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did until it doesn't. Like if the if the actual tube goes, but those tubes were designed to outlive us all. And somewhere they are. Yeah. Could you imagine picking one up? And then like moving it because they weigh like as much as your car. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember like my grandparents had like the big one that was had the wooden in like the, the box. wooden outset yeah, and rolled across the floor. And I mean, I I got one of those early on in my, I think for my first apartment or something. I got one of those and I thought it was pretty sweet because I had the same parent same TV my grandparents had. Yeah, my my grandparents had one of those and it had like the radio that was like built in uh-huh. completely separate to the TV and like so, stereo speakers on either side and it weighed um considerably more than anything else they owned combined. <laughs> it was it was nuts. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, 
here we are at the end of our show, uh, having talked all about uh, evolution, creationism, F-Zero, and uh, Super, or not Super Mario, but Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Uh, Super Mario uh, probably looks funky, too. It actually is, but, plays uh, really smooth. That's one that, you know, I think, yeah, it doesn't matter what you play that on. It's always smooth. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm genuinely curious to hear your thoughts on, on all of this. Uh, obviously, you can find us on social at uh, Nerdy Dadcast on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, email us at feedbacknerdydadcast.com. And if you wanted to, you could get all that information by going to nerdydadcast.com. It'll then forward you to our, our newish website, which I don't plan on deleting like I did the last time. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I know. Oh, my daughter's teacher has made a space available to us. So I wonder what we're going to learn about. You'll hear hey, next time um, on the Nerdy Dadcast. You got it. <laughs> so on behalf of John, myself, Chris, check us out at nerdycadcast.com. And also stay nerdy, my friends. Mm-hmm.